Hello and welcome back to this episode of the Peak Results Academy podcast. I'm your host, Rich Fournier, and today I sit down with Steve Soretsky. Now, Steve is a Vancouver real estate agent and author behind one of Vancouver's most popular real estate blogs. His YouTube channel has received over 1.2 million views and has almost 9,000 subscribers to his channel. He's widely considered a thought leader in the industry with regular appearances on BNN, CBC, CKNW, CTV, and he's also a contributor to BC Business Magazine. Now, Steve's dedication to analyzing the stats, financial landscape, and policies affecting Vancouver real estate have allowed him to build a very successful business among the top 2% of greater Vancouver real estate agents. It's a fantastic uh, interview, and hopefully you enjoyed as much as I did interviewing Steve. Thanks again. Take care. Have you ever wondered why some people thrive in all areas of their life? Welcome to the Peak Results Academy podcast with your host, Rich Fournier. Each week, we interview industry experts who consistently dominate in the fields of health, business, and beyond. Our mission is to share their personal struggles and strategies so that you can create your own peak results. Welcome to the Academy. Hello, everybody. Rich Forney here for the Peak Results Academy podcast. I'm your host, and today I'm super excited to have a gentleman, an educated guy, a real estate agent from Vancouver, Steve Sertesky. Did I even say that right, Steve? I'm so excited. I apologize, but um, you've had some extreme results out in the Vancouver market. Um, I've been watching you for about two years now, and um, really, you have the most popular blog in Vancouver. Um, you are interviewed all over the place. You were in Yahoo Finance the other day. You've been a regular um, contributor on BNN. And you have one of the most trafficked YouTube channels in Canada for the real estate market. Super exciting to have you here. Thank you so much. Yeah, I appreciate that. It's a hum- humbling intro. <laughs> well, you've done extremely well. Let's be honest. I mean, this podcast is about trying to figure out what creates a peak result in someone's life and their business. Um, and this is maybe a little bit of a different type of interview space for you. Typically, you're talking economics, what's happening in the market, fiscal policy, economic policy. Um, today, we're talking about you as a realtor and as a performer in the real estate industry. You're, you're in one of the most competitive markets in the world, Vancouver real estate. And um, you have done something that very few people do. Your YouTube channel currently today has 1.25 million views on it. Um, you're closing in on 9,000 subscribers, 282 videos. I mean, it's an extraordinary accomplishment. So how much of that does that contribute to your success in the real estate business? Um, yeah, it's been a pretty big driver. Um, I mean, I think that I get a lot of agents that ask that locally, and, and I think that they're kind of surprised. I think people kind of think like, you know, social media is just for fun and entertaining, and, you know, you can't drive business from it. But it's definitely driven a lot of business uh, for myself. And I think that, um, you know, more and more people are going to start to catch on that. It's kind of just a new way of, of engaging with, with people and, and that's where everything's going. And I think that, you know, if you're not actively marketing and participating on social media, I think that you're going to be left behind. I think so as well. I mean, I've been, uh, I did some research on your channel. You've been really active. Well, you think the channel started in 2015 um, and, um, but the last four years you've been m- much more active and you started like everyone else did 25 views, 50 views on your videos. 
And then have you done anything special to promote this type of social media, YouTube videos? Like is there backend marketing, SEO linking, or is it just being you delivering great content and great information to the public? The truth. Yeah, that's a good, good question. Um, first and foremost, yeah, I definitely, I started like everyone else. I was terrible, um, you know, nervous. Um, but I think over time, as you start to get your rhythm, you start to become more confident. You start to, I think more so, it's more so just about producing good content. Um, so it's just really just dialing in on, on what makes you unique. What, like, what do you have that's important to say that, um, you know, maybe they can't get from anyone else. And so I think through that, like, you know, that's pretty much it is it is my channels basically grown organically over, you know, I put out a video a week, every Saturday morning for the past, I don't know, three years. And so you know, I think it's the consistency that has slowly built the audience, you know, drip by drip kind of thing. And, um, you know, there's certain things that you can do to SEO and enhance it, but that's not what's going to drive, you know, consistent views and engagement. Um, you know, it might get you an extra couple hundred views here and there. And, you know, over time that might compound, but, um, certainly I think that the priority for people trying to build a social media brand or whatever is just putting out engaging, uh, informative content. You did something which was a little bit unique. It wasn't just about community. It wasn't just about, um, this neighborhood. It wasn't about this school. It wasn't about this business. You talked real numbers that, I mean, you were, you're super honest about what you believe is happening in the, in the markets. And currently some of your views are, are, are definitely not positive for the, you know, the real estate market in general, um, based on economics, not just on personal opinion, but based on economics. And whereas a lot of what I see out there today uh, in the real estate space, it's always pump, 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 pump. It's an amazing, it's an amazing thing. You should always be in real estate. You should always be buying real estate. You've kind of gone the opposite way. You've, you've kind of gone in my opinion. Yeah. More truthful, but what's happening. Yeah. Again, I think it's kind of like what makes, what sets you apart, what makes you maybe unique. And I just, I feel like deep down inside me is I have a different perspective on it. Like, Obviously, I believe real estate long-term uh, is going to create wealth for, for many people and it's, it's proven to do that and it will continue to do so. But I think that, you know, this adage that, oh, it's always a good time to buy or sell. It's like, well, no, it's either a buyer's market or a seller's market. It's, it's, it's one or the other. And so um, I think when people are making large decisions as they are in Vancouver and Toronto, that they basically just want, you know, uh, objective information so they can make their decision, right? Like maybe, maybe right now with COVID-19, maybe it's not the best time to make a real estate purchase. Maybe the prices will drop. We don't know that for sure. But at the end of the day, you still have people out there that, that you know, I have clients right now, for example, they feel that it's probably not the best time to buy. They're probably only getting a 5% discount today. But at the end of the day is they want to move on with their lives. They want to, you know, put their family in a home. So people will still buy even if you put out, you know, less positive news. I think that they just ultimately want to hear, um, they just want to make an informed decision basically. I agree with you completely. I reached out to you last year, um, one for a client, um, two, because I, I, I enjoy your content. You're very honest. Um, you're stating some things that the average person in our industry is not communicating about. And I appreciate that. Um, when you sit down to 
develop your content? I mean, does it take you a lot during the week? I know a lot of our listeners are really trying to figure out how do they create more momentum in their business? How do they create a peak result in a certain area? And I know they're very interested in video, but um, I don't see a lot of people producing the type of content or the consistency that you do. Is that like part of your business system to do this now? Yeah, basically. I just, I know I spend a lot of time. I spend it on usually like, you know, a couple, probably a couple hours a day reading. Um, you know, a lot of it's financial news because that's what I'm passionate about. So that's kind of how my channel is based around. It's like, hey, here's some financial news and here's kind of what I found interesting this week. And I basically curate, you know, the best pieces uh, or the most relevant to my audience. And then I, you know, I basically put a 15 minute video together for that week or, you know, I'll put out a blog post or a newsletter for the week. And a lot of it, again, it's just curated out of maybe we had a data set that came out. Maybe, you know, CMHC put out their predictions. Maybe I can talk about that. Or, you know, we have data that says 15% of mortgages are, have been deferred. Like to me, that's an interesting data point. And now how can I discuss that and its relevancy um, for people's, um, you know, decision-making in real estate. So that's kind of how I've, I've framed it. It's just, I'm already reading the news, you know, a couple hours a day, may as well just take out some tidbits and talk about it and, um, and do it consistently. Now, do you find that this has just been an organic process? You never went out there and promoted the YouTube channel yourself? Yeah, I haven't put a, I haven't put any money at, at all, $0 behind YouTube. Um, I think over the last couple of years, I put a little bit of money behind like Facebook ads in terms of promoting like my newsletter and some blog posts. But uh, yeah, I mean, you're talking maybe, maybe uh, 5,000 bucks over the, over the last, you know, couple of years. So it hasn't really been much. It's been mostly organic. Um, obviously being on news channels and stuff kind of helps with that. Um, so yeah, just trying to grow it slowly and consistently at this point. But you would never have gotten on those YouTube, um, on those news media channels without your YouTube channel. Yeah, actually, yeah, a lot of the media stuff is, is derived from, because I, you know, the media, the media sources their information and, and their people differently. So like, obviously, you know, someone, a news reporter with the Globe and Mail isn't probably going on YouTube to watch a 15 minute video, but they will scroll through Twitter and I'm, I'm quite active on Twitter. So, you know, if there's something I have to say about the housing market, they go, oh, well, this guy just put, put out this interesting information on the housing market. Maybe we should do a story about that and let's, let's interview him for it. So, um, yeah, the, the media is typically coming through my Twitter channel or through my blog um, just because I think that's most I think that's most relevant for them. And then I think at the same time, that's why you kind of want to be in, in several different social media channels because, like, everybody has their own way of engaging with content like some people prefer just to read a two minute three minute blog and some people want to watch a 15 minute video and i think you have to have some flexibility what has enabled you to have the emotional capacity to keep going though on this especially in the beginning you know four years ago when you started being or three years ago when you started being consistent i mean you weren't getting i don't know if you're i don't know how much business you were doing at the time but like to start and then to be consistent and not see any results or seeing your 24 views, like what gave you that strength of character to continue on doing something when there were no results? Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess maybe blind faith <laughs> at the time and uh, slowly kind of got better and refined. I think I changed a little bit of my content too before it was kind of like the how to's and right. you know, the how to's have been done by so many people so many different times so I slowly as I started becoming more passionate about 
finance, um, I started incorporating that uh, into my content and, and then I think that's basically when it started to take off. So um, yeah, just consistently, but yeah, definitely. I mean, the first, I don't think the content really paid off for probably the first year and a half. Even with the new content. Yeah. I mean like obviously the new content now, I mean, it's just, it's like a machine where, you know, it's kind of working as you sleep. So the, the, you know, it's producing me business even when I'm sleeping, those new leads coming in, et cetera, people reaching out. Uh, but certainly for the first, you know, year, year and a half, I mean, you know, you might get the odd occasional email that says, Hey, I might buy, but you know, I'll reach out to you in 12 months kind of thing. Um, so yeah, it wasn't really driving a whole lot of business, but, um, and now yeah, it takes some time, right? Right. It does take a lot of consistent effort that I understand right now. When you look at, um, do you, did you have any advice? Did you consult with any companies about what you're doing? Or was just, you just said, I'm making a decision. This is what we're going to do. Uh, no, I mean, it's pretty much my own. I mean, I obviously have some mentors in the space that, you know, I've kind of followed, um, one of them being like Gary Vaynerchuk, um, who I think he's been, he's built a really successful personal brand and, uh, he's written a lot of books and, and helpful YouTube videos. So I think if you just kind of take his blueprint, um, I think that's kind of the recipe for success. And I've met him several times and, and spoken with him on numerous occasions. So he's been kind of the mentor in that aspect. And um, yeah, I think anyone that's trying to build like a personal brand or whatever, I think that he's certainly someone to look to as, Hey, look, this guy's done it. He doesn't just talk about it. And um, yeah, so I kind of just followed his blueprint. Got it. If you don't mind me asking, you can decline the answer on this one. Um, if you looked at a percentage today or say even the last year steve how much of a percentage would your business income come from this channel that you've built i think through a various channels because like you know sometimes yeah. yeah um through all the channels combined i would say probably um probably 70 percent yeah and that the year yeah, the rest of it's organic. I mean, even like the referrals I get, right? Like these are people that, you know, for example, I'd, someone in, let's say someone found me, they might be like, uh, you know, this is typical for me, like an investment advisor. So they obviously have a, you know, high, higher net worth clientele. So an investment advisor, like, hey, you know, I've been reading your blog um, and you have good information on the housing market. Um, you know, and then we'll just kind of, keep in touch, go for a beer, just talk about markets. And then, you know, six months later, they might be like, Oh, actually, yeah, you know what? We have a client that's looking to sell an investment condo. We've referred your name um, to them. They might be reaching out and then, you know, then that individual reaches out to you. Right. So, um, yeah, I just find that it's kind of all encompassing that um, speaking the language of higher net worth people. And I think that's really important. Like I came from the, um, from, from the investment world. And when I was in that space, we had an agent that we actually referred to because he spoke the same language. Yeah. I think that's a big thing is um, I've come to appreciate that more and more. It's just, you know, I think initially you're almost thinking, well, I want to like grow this to as many viewers as I can. But then you almost kind of at the same time as you realize that like, that's not necessarily the most important thing either. Cause then you get, you know, yeah, you might get a hundred thousand views, but 70,000 of those are just people that you don't want anything to do with. They're not really your tribe. I would call it the economic um, collapse people. 
yeah, the claps people are, are really bad and you know, it's negative. It's, it's just, and you know, they don't have the same worldview, but they clicked on your video because you know, you did this clickbait type title and you know, you were able to siphon all these, you know, crazy people to your channel. I just prefer to have, you know, a nice niche, you know, channel following where people are loyal, they're dedicated. Um, they like you, they trust you. They, they're willing to, to test your views, but you know, doing it, doing it respectfully. And, um, so that's kind of something I've come to appreciate. It's just, you know, it's not always about how, how big and how many followers and how many likes you can get, but how, how, how much depth your audience has. On the Vancouver real estate board, what, how many agents are there? 13,000? Uh, greater Vancouver. So we have two, like there's like, we have, a, we live in the lower mainland here. So there's two boards that basically dominate. So there's greater Vancouver, which has 14,000 realtors. And then you have the Fraser Valley, which I believe is like 6,000. So basically in the lower mainland, we have about 20,000 license. And you're around the top 2% now? Yeah. So greater Vancouver are the 14,000. I was in the top two last year. It says a lot. Like it's a super competitive market super competitive market, especially with a lot of people coming from overseas. And yeah, yeah, it's definitely competitive. I mean, you've had guys that have been in this business, obviously, you know, 20, 30 years and, and, um, you know, have huge, some of these guys that always have huge ad spends, um, right. you know, billboards, bus ads, uh, you know, newspaper ads. And so, yeah, I mean, you know, if you're a new guy up and coming and you're working by yourself, like, you know, you can't compete with that on a dollar, dollar to dollar. So I think, again, you have to, to break in. I think you have to have a different angle and you have to be creative. And so that was, that was kind of how I looked at it. It's like, what, what is my competitive advantage here? I'm, you know, you've done an amazing job. I mean, how long have you been in the business for? Uh, uh, this is year six. So we're almost right out of the gate. You started doing this. Yeah, I started out really early, man. I didn't like, I mean, you go back and look at my 2015 stuff. Like I'll, I'll be the first to admit I did. I was just winging it. I, don't, I probably didn't have a whole lot to say and a whole lot of knowledge. Yeah, I know. It says a lot about your character to continue on in that space and to have the faith that you can do that. And now you're reaping the rewards. Um, so if you could give somebody some advice today in regards to, um, see, see, okay, see me, Steve, you know, run a small little, real estate business up here uh, north of Toronto. Um, would it be a good idea for me to do this on a continuous basis and working with data, those data sets in this local market north up into Wasega Beach, or should I just focus in on um, my, you know, 180,000 person little town? Yeah, I think it comes down to like your, your ambitions, right? It's like, well, do you want to be the guy in that small town. And then I would say, just focus on that. And, you know, you can make a great income doing that. Uh, but if you have larger ambitions, you know, maybe you want to be the guy for all of Toronto real estate and, you know, and you want to grow your team and have people working in all these areas under your brand. And like, yeah, I think that, you know, I think you always have to start small and slowly branch out. Yep. Um, I think if you look at anyone, like to me, it looks like anyone successful. It's like, you know, let's take whatever you can, t I mean, you can just for simplicity's sake, let's just take like a successful real estate developer that's, you know, today is building, let's say high rise condo towers. Like there's a good chance they probably started out flipping condos. Maybe they eventually went from there and built a single family house. Then they built, you know, a townhouse. Now 
you know, now they're building 60 story high rises. You know, if you ask any of their stories, everybody starts, um, small. So I think, you know, for someone like yourself, if hypothetically, if you were to say, Hey, you know, I want to grow my business. I think you kind of start with a niche, you build that niche, build that audience, and then you just slowly expand on that if you have ambitions to do so. Yeah. You know what? I mean, I'll be honest with you. We, I think I talked to you a few months ago. We did one video um, that was a little bit more styled on you, Gary V um, focused. And, you know, I just looked at yesterday. We had, um, you know, 1,400 views in the last couple of months for small wow. little town. I thought that was quite a bit. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I think too, like if you do, again, if you create like a super niche piece of content for that whatever specific neighborhood and maybe you have a demographic there, like because it's such a small town, because you're probably one of the only people producing contents, uh, you know, for that specific topic. If you, you know, if you put a thousand bucks, 2000 bucks, whatever behind Facebook ads, I think you just crush it. Um, so yeah, I think there's, there's, it's definitely, you can definitely break through. You just have to be, you know, you can't, I think one of the ways that I have looked at it and you know, this is something I've heard from other people is like, you can't look at yourself as, you know, competing against like other realtors like you're competing with you know you're competing with the nhl you're competing with the nfl you're competing with budweiser everybody's competing for everyone's attention um there's so much noise there's so much content everybody's scrolling through their phones on social media so how are you going to capture someone's attention um i think you have to create very relevant information that's very specific and targeted towards a certain demographic certain individual um, because if you go, if you go too wide, you know, you, again, you can't compete with, with multi-million dollar, billion dollar corporations. Yeah. You see that we have a couple of teams here that are one team, 70 people, 70. Yeah, that's one crazy. Team. Um, it's the largest team in Canada and it's here in the small community. Um, and then we have a second team, which is around maybe 55 people. Um, you know, 600 to a thousand transactions a year. Um, that, that's, that's the competition. And um, um, when I looked at what you did, I was, a, I was just looking at, I mean, you've had over a million views. Like, <laughs> like, 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 stop, like in real estate space, there's no one in Canada that has that. Zero. I checked, I did all the research. I can't find anyone even close to what you've done on a zero budget. Yeah, yeah I am really, honestly, man, I've just, been kind of head down and just driving and, and trying to keep pushing so I haven't I mean I know that it's been a million views but I haven't looked in terms of like oh is that good and, and I mean I know it's I mean obviously I'm happy with the, 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 you know, the mini success it feels like in terms of the YouTube channel but uh, yeah I haven't really kind of digested all of it it's just you know you kind of just keep keep pushing especially now I mean these are difficult challenging times and and trying to kind of keep pushing through and and you know, I think again, you, this is, gives you time to sort of reset, refocus and, and focus on what's working and what's going to, you know, work in the future. Got it. I know you're limited for time. We're probably, um, I got probably got seven minutes left. Um, let's talk about real estate. Let's talk about real estate. Let's talk about what you do best and that is real estate and what's happening out there today. So I'd love to hear your view over the next um, 12 months. Um, where do you see Vancouver real estate going? Um, and are we literally going to have an 18% drop? 
drop in average resale prices across Canada? Yeah, man, that's a tough one. Um, I, I, you know, I've said this, like, you know, I think, we'll, again, we can talk about one of the things I like about social media, for example, is like, it creates this open transparency. So like, for example, I put out a weekly YouTube video where I talk about the market. I can't go on that YouTube channel and say, oh, you know, prices are going to drop 20%. I know it. I'm 100% convinced of it. And then go on Yahoo Finance in front of millions of Canadians and say, oh, no, the market's going to be fine. It's probably going to go up. So I think it kind of holds you to accountability, um, which is something to consider because I think we're entering an era of, of trust and transparency where you can't really, you know, lie and cheat your clients. But anyways, um, so my, my kind of view, as I said, as I just same thing I said on Yahoo is that I believe there's so many unknowns that it's too early to draw any conclusions and say, yes, it's a foregone conclusion that prices will drop. What I can say is I think the probabilities um, to the downside outweigh the probabilities to the upside. Um, a lot of it's going to depend on what happens when these mortgage deferrals expire in September, October. What happens with CERB? Are they going to extend that $2,000? I mean, I don't know if you saw this. The latest statistic is 45% of the Canadian labor force has applied and been, I believe, approved for that $2,000 a month. So again, obviously, there's a lot of people cheating it, but there's obviously some people in distress. And um, so what does it look like? What does, you know, what does that look like in six months? And and do we get a second wave of infection and and this and that? So, you know, my, my personal view is, you know, what I'm seeing right now, at least in Vancouver, is the condos are coming down. They're probably down about 5 to 7% um, since COVID came. Uh, about and then we have the detached housing market which actually has been surprisingly resilient um it's not so much that you have this you know huge amount of demand and people just can't wait to snatch up a house it's more because we just haven't seen a lot of inventory there's been a uh, huge suppression of new listings and um so that's creating a shortage and, and so people are coming in and there and, and entering into multiple offers yeah you know it's the same thing we're seeing here i mean we're now our now north of toronto um even Senator Toronto, uh, we're seeing the same thing here. My, my curiosity is how many, what percentage of those people that are currently on mortgage deferral need to be on deferral, number one, and what percentage of those people on CERB need to be on CERB? And that's, I think, both, that's the disclaimer. I was talking to a friend the other day. He's got an orthodontist client who is um, on deferral for six months. Doesn't need to be. Make six hundred thousand a year, five hundred thousand dollars a year, but doesn't need to be. But is doing it um, and taking that money and just paying off the car and then reestablishing it in the back end. So, do they need to be on it? Nope, but they're taking it. Yeah, I know. I've heard a lot of people doing that too. Um, so yeah, definitely, it's definitely skews the numbers. But yeah, so we're talking fifteen percent. Some of these banks are reporting, you know, twenty percent of their books in deferral. And that, you know, it seems like that number across all banks could very well hit 20% over the next, you know, couple months. Um, those are so, a yeah. and those that? are A borrowers, so A lend. Yeah, yeah. So you're not including, you know, mix and uh, private lenders. So, you know, 20%, I mean, maybe half the people on there shouldn't be deferring or can, can, can weather the storm. So again, maybe 10% is really in distress. I mean, to me, that's still a significant number. Even if it's 5%, that's a big number. I think in the U.S. at 8%, uh, we had the credit crisis in the U.S., 8% of mortgage default. I think there was an 8% number. Yeah, forbearance, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And even if we're at 5 or anywhere near that, 
it's kind yeah, of t- yeah, it's a, it's a big number. So, and uh, you know, I don't know. I just think that that's that's my concern really about the housing market is well, I'm not really again. I just think housing moves extremely slowly, so I'm not really too worried. You know, like I'm not overly surprised that you know parts of the market have held up here. I mean, it's only been really what two and a half months into this sort of economic shock slash downturn and to me it seems it's going to take a couple years to kind of get to where we were at least before you know pre-virus in terms of where the economy was to get all these jobs back so yeah I'm, i'm more concerned of what the housing market could potentially look like again potentially being the keyword in in six to 12 months let's say okay um I know you got to go. I, I mean, you, you're, you're in a time crunch. So um, I appreciate your views on the market. Um, I really appreciate your, and if anyone wants Steve's views on the market, they can find you at your website, Steve. SteveSaretsky.com. Okay. Uh, and yeah. your YouTube channel. They can watch you once a week. Um, they can subscribe to your newsletter. Um, and if any agents that are here in the Ontario market or anywhere across Canada want to reach you, they can reach you at those channels. Yeah. 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 And just start email me, Steve at Steve Um, yeah. Happy to chat markets, whatever. If you have clients you want to refer or just general questions about markets, anything like I'm, I'm pretty open book and, uh, open to connecting with others. Cause I think it's, we're living in a connected world and I think the, you know, the more you can kind of grow your sphere and, people know you, like you, trust you. I think that goes a long way in, in life and in business. So. Well, I think what you've done with your videos um, and your channel, Steve, is that you've created a digital relationship with people who watch you, who get to know, like, and trust you through that process. And, uh, and now I'm a fan. So thank you for everything that you. <laughs> well, yeah, no, we've, yeah, likewise, we've connected through here and, and uh, you know, it's, I've enjoyed chatting with you and, you know, same thing. Like I look at it now, it's like, you know, you reached out and it's like, if I have someone that's, looking to relocate, you know, for whatever reason, I mean, like I'm, I'm going to be reaching out. Right. So I think it's, you know, we're just going in the era of everything's becoming digital and online and, you know, social media is in my view is kind of like the early stages at some point in the next, whatever, whether that's five years or 10 years, or, you know, you're going to have virtual reality and, and what does that look like? So, I just think that uh, as we're seeing with this COVID, right, everything's moving online. You got Zoom meetings and uh, yeah. Well, I'm going to do my best to um, mimic you, to follow your lead out here. And um, I appreciate everything you've done. And just so you know, that information that you share with us about your business and about your process and a little bit of insight into how you've grown your reputation your digital experience to the consumers out there today you're you are impacting other people because there are other people who are struggling and don't know how to compete and you're giving them a little bit of advice on how they can compete today and for the very select few that actually latch on to your advice you've helped them in an amazing way and probably have impacted their family not today but over the next year or two years so just know that so i really appreciate you spending a few minutes with us and um If there's anything we could ever do for you, let us know. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. It's a great chat. 
Thanks for tuning in to today's show. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in seeing if you are fit to work with Peak Results Academy, here's what I want you to do next. Head over to peakresultsacademy.com slash call. That's peakresultsacademy.com slash call and book an appointment to speak with our team. We'll get on the phone with you for about 45 minutes and get you crystal clear on three things. Number one, what do you really want out of life and your business? Number two, what is not working for you today? And number three, the exact strategy you should be using to create massive change in these areas. Remember, changing your life and creating massive results does not happen by itself. You need expert guidance to make it happen. We're helping clients all over the world create peak results in their health, in their businesses, and in their personal lives. To see if we can help you do the same, head over to peakresultsacademy.com call. We'll chat soon.